the word the Lord has given us for the next year is diligence. Diligence requires you to be persistent. Diligence requires you to be, uh, you know, consistent in going after what God is speaking, what God has spoken, what God has done. Diligence requires you to not give up midway. Diligence requires a hard work from you, a hard work. Let me take you to scripture. Let's read the book of Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24. Diligent hands will rule. Diligent hands. If your hands are willing to work hard, if your hands are willing to do extra work, then that hands will do what? Rule. See, everybody wants to have dominion. Everybody wants to rule. Everybody wants to have authority. Everybody wants prosperity. Everybody wants increase and growth. But God is giving us a key to experiencing that. And so instead of saying this is going to be a year of dominion, I'm going to declare this to be a year of diligence. Because if you and I, we can learn diligence, because you should understand this. Not everybody that has a promise from God has actually walked into that promise. It is not because God's promise was not real. It's because you and I, sometimes we became lazy and we were not diligent to stay put and to continue to work till that promise is accomplished. So the Lord is speaking over you tonight and the Lord is saying, diligent hands, diligent hands. Look at your hands and prophesy over your hands and say, these hands are going to be diligent in, uh, in 2022. Yeah. These hands are not going to be lazy. These hands are not going to be, uh, you know, doing work half-hearted. These hands are going to be intentional. These hands are going to be persistent. These hands, because these hands need to, you know, reap the, 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 the reward that God has planned in 2022, these hands are going to do the work of the diligent. It says the hand of the diligent, the ones that are diligent, their hands, their hands have authority to rule, have the authority to have dominion, have the authority to, to overcome uh, uh, every challenge that the enemy puts into their life, every challenge. So which means that the Lord wants us to do things that we have never done before. So whatever you thought, you know, used to do that and, the, and that you were satisfied with that, God wants you to do a little bit more crazier and a little bit more radical. Some of you, the Lord is speaking to you about your prayer life. Some of you, the Lord is speaking to you about your, uh, you know, commitments at your work. Some of you, the Lord will speak to you about your commitments to your marriages, your families, your parenting. Some of you, the Lord is speaking to you about your uh, commitment to church. Some of you, the Lord will speak to you about how, you know, you, you just need to become intentional in walking with God daily. You and I, we need to learn how to, how to become diligent with our hands, how to become intentional with our hands, okay? 
Let me take you to the story of Gideon. Judges chapter 6 verse 1. It says the Israelites, they did evil in the Lord's sight. This was a season when Israelites, they would rise up, they would, they would do well, and then they will fall again. They will, they will come into the presence of God, they will experience revival, they will experience a savior, a redeemer, but again, there will be a falling away. And that's the time we are talking about. It says they did evil in the Lord's sight. So what did the Lord do? The Lord, he handed them over to the Midianites for how many years? For seven years. So the Lord, in his uh, divine, sovereign plan, he handed them over to the Midianites. God did it. It's not like uh, the Midianites came and captured them. There's nothing in our lives, no problem, no struggle that can come into our lives unless God has loved it. I'm not saying God is the one who creates the trouble, but God has loved it. Unless God says yes, unless God loves it, that, that enemy cannot have entry into those areas of our life. So the question we need to ask is, God, why are you allowing this area to be tested? What are you trying to do in my career? What are you trying to do in my marriage? What are you trying to do in my finances? Why, why is that this one area is, is being tested? So what are you trying to do? What are you trying to speak? What are you trying to show me? And, and that's a question we need to ask the Lord. A diligent person, a person who walks in diligence, a person who understands that, the, the, that everything, you know, it's not going to be handed down to you. Some things you need to pray for it. Some things you need to praise for it. Some things you need to stand on the promises of God for it. They will go knocking on the doors of heaven to find out, God, if you handed me into the hands of the Midianites, why? What is the purpose? The Bible says the Midianites, they were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, in the caves, and the strongholds. The Israelites, they, they said, we need hiding places now. Because these guys, they, they didn't allow them to be comfortable in their own homes. See, which is the place we would run to if we want to be comfortable. You know, if you're just unwell, we just want to go home, find our bed and the blanket and just rest it out, just sleep. Go back to our known place, be in that place of, of, of comfort and convenience and just say, okay, I'll, let me just rest it out. I'm feeling too tired. I, I can't take this anymore. You know what the enemy did? The enemy made them feel unsafe even in their own homes. They were so cruel that these guys, they didn't have a place of comfort. They didn't have a place where they can find shelter. So much so that they had to go into the mountains, the caves, and strongholds so that they can hide in those places. It says, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east, they would attack Israel camping in the land and destroying crops as far as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, 
the goats, the cattle, and the donkeys. These enemy hordes, uh, they coming from their, uh, with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts, and they arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. And they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So the Israelites, they were reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then, the Bible says, the Israelites, they cried out to the Lord for help. When did they cry out to the Lord for help? When they were exhausted, when they had no other means left, when they had no other uh, food left, when they had no other places to run to, when all their hiding places got exhausted, when all their finances, resources got exhausted, when their strength got drained, that is when they finally called on to the name of the Lord. But I believe that this church is smart enough to go into the presence of God at the first sign of trouble. That you and I, we don't have to wait to be exhausted, to be burnt out, to be fatigued, to reach a place where we have nothing else to do but to go to God. But that at the first sign of trouble, we will run into the presence of God. We will run to the, to the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says they, they cried out to the Lord for help. Every time the Bible records this statement that somebody cried out to the Lord for help, you will immediately find God doing something about it. Even if it's outside what God had planned or prepared for them. You know, for example, you know, Esther and Mordecai and the Jews in, in Susa, they, they began to cry out to God in fasting and prayer. But do you know that it was not God's will for them to be there? You know what was God's will? For them to go back to Jerusalem. God had spoken through his prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah that he will raise a king who will let these guys go back home. But there were some Jews that did not go back home. They chose to, like, you know, enjoy the convenience and the comfort and the pleasure of being in Babylon. And even those Jews who were outside of God's plan, who were outside of God's will for their lives, when they prayed, did God hear? Sometimes we think that it's because I am outside of God's will or I've done something wrong. No, no, we have to learn how to cry out to the Lord. We have to learn how to praise Him correctly. We have to learn how to stand on the promises of God for our lives. And there are going to be seasons in our life when we have failed Him. There are going to be seasons in our life when we have upset the, the plans of God for our life. And even in those seasons, the Lord's Mercy is going to come seeking you out. He's going to lift you out. He's going to come as a helping hand for you. I'm not here to tell you that if you've made a mistake, God has given up on you. No. He's too good for that. Even when you've made a mistake, even when you have failed him, he will not fail you. Even when you have upset him, he is not going to say, oh, wait, you're, you're, you're too, too out of my plan for me to do anything for you. The Bible says when they cried out to the Lord for help, help came. It says, verse 7, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord, what did he do? 
he sent a prophet to the Israelites and he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you that I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. Check this out. What is God's answer? What is God's answer? Not Gideon. Not the solution. You know, we, we, we want God to immediately jump to the solution, right? Okay, I prayed, now fix this for me. I prayed, now where is the money? I prayed, now where is my husband? I prayed, now where is my property? I prayed, I, I did my thing. Where is my solution? Now, and, and we look at the answer that God has sent and we think that this is not enough. We think that, oh, wait, God has not heard our prayer. And then we ignore the prophet. And then we ignore the voice. And then we ignore the, the move of God. The small things that God is doing and God is speaking and God is saying. Do you know, there were, there were a huge group of wise men in Babylon. Okay, I'm telling you things that are not in the Bible. But... But there was a huge group of wise men in Babylon under the leadership of Daniel. And it was Daniel, it was the prophet Daniel who told them in so and so much of time, okay, there is going to come a star in Bethlehem. It was not, it was not like these wise men who came to see Jesus. They, they had a... Uh, you, know, you know, they, they had astro, they had some sense of astronomy or astrology. No, there was a prophet who had told them. There was a prophet who had, had, had explained to them that, you know, if you read the prophecy of Daniel, you will see that he even explained the exact number of days from when Israel will go back to Jerusalem to the day that Jesus will be crucified on the cross, to the to the very day he prophesied that. We know it now, but they, they didn't understand it back then, but we know it now that it's there with details. It's there in the, in the prophecy in the book of Daniel, the coming of Jesus, everything. Even Daniel himself, when he was prophesying, he didn't understand that he was prophesying about Jesus. But he did write it down. He did prophesy. He did give the information. Do you know that there were a lot of all these uh, magicians and all the uh, fortune tellers and the wise men of Babylon that, that uh, you know, reported to Daniel. Now, Daniel, in his, in whatever he received from the Lord, he gave it to these guys. But not all of them reached the place 400 years later, you know, I don't know how many hundred years later, uh, to the place where Jesus was born. Only a few of them finally, who, who were persistent, who were diligent enough to, to stand on the word that the prophet gave. Stand on the word. Can you imagine, you know, I, when I was watching that, that movie, The Spark in the Sky, most of you must have seen the movie, right? That just opened up for me this understanding. Wait a minute. It is not like 
all of a sudden they woke up one morning and they're like, ah, nice star, let's follow this star and let's see. Man, these guys, they've been waiting for hundreds of years to, to see that spark, to see that star. Because there was a prophet who had told them that there is coming a redeemer, there is coming a son of man, there is coming a, a king who is going to be born on the earth. And, and for hundreds of years, they preserved that truth and they kept waiting for that star to appear because of one word that was given to them. Now tell me, how soon do we give up on prophecies? <laughs> how soon do we say, okay, wait, this, this doesn't seem to be working for me. I've tried it. It's three months. It's three years. It's 30 years. This is... Hundreds of years later, you know, when, when the prophecy is coming to pass. See, it's easy to, you know, for us to understand and to say, oh, wait, they knew that it is going to be in so, much, so and so much time. But for them, they didn't know how long it's going to be. We know how long it was going to be. But for them, they didn't know. See, when God wants to help you, he will send you a voice. He will send you a, a, a word. He will send you a prophetic understanding of where you are standing. What did the prophet tell him? The prophet came and said, hey, this is your past and this is your present. The prophet didn't say there is a, there is a savior coming, there is a... Nothing. The prophet just came and gave them a prophetic insight into their past and their present. What is the past? The past is that I brought you out of slavery. And what is the present? I had given you an instruction saying you should not worship these gods. But now the present condition is that you are indeed worshiping these gods. So these guys, they, they, they have the opportunity. They have the, the you know, opening now. They have heard the voice of God and they have to do something about it. They have to act upon that word. They have to change certain things in the house. They have to stop worshipping the things that they used to worship. Okay? Let's, let's read on. It says in verse 11, it says, Then the angel of the Lord, he came and he sat beneath the great tree at Oprah. This tree belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress. And what was he doing? Why was he doing this? To hide from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord, he appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. You know, all, all through my life, I used to criticize Gideon, saying, this coward who was hiding, uh, and, and God is calling him a mighty hero. And the thing is this, most of us, if we would go through what Gideon went through, we would be doing the exact same thing that Gideon did. If you read the context, if you read on to chapter 8, let me, let me take you to chapter 8, okay? Let's read Judges chapter 8 and verse 18. Then Gideon asked Ziba and Zalmunna, the men that you killed at Tabor, what were they like? So what was their reply? Like you, they replied. They all had the look of a king's son, of a prince. Then this is Gideon's reply. He said, they were my 
brothers, the sons of my own mother. Now do you understand why Gideon was hiding? All his brothers, every single one of them. Why? Because when these guys stood up, they had a royal feeling to them. So when the enemy came, they targeted all these guys that looked good, that looked like a king's son. Now, these are the days when there were no kings in Israel, by the way. These are the times when there were, you know, in this season there was not even a judge in Israel, okay? But the enemy could look at these guys and could understand something that these guys couldn't see and understand in themselves. The enemy looked at these guys and said, wait a minute, these guys look like princes, look like king's sons. We need to kill these guys. We need to target them. We need to slaughter all of them, else these guys can end up becoming the next ruler, can become the next king, the next judge of Israel. Now thinking about that, now we understand why did Gideon run away and hide in a wine press? Now I understand it when there are seasons in our life when we may be living in hiding, when we may want to not be on the stage, when we may not want to be in the public eye because there are these losses because the enemy saw that there is potential in your life and the enemy began to target you one thing at a time. One, 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 one brother at a time got slaughtered back to back to back to back. And now you've reached this place where you feel that you have no other option but to just hide from everybody else, but to stay away from everybody else and everything else. And, and you feel that you, you, you can't do anything uh, good with your life. And, and the Bible says that is the man that God chose to be the next judge of Israel. So this guy, who, who we used to criticize thinking, man, he's a coward, he, he doesn't have courage and strength. This guy, he had been traumatized. Now we'll understand, now that we have, we have seen that, now we'll understand why he asked so many questions to God. Do you know that God didn't give so many confirmations to anybody in the scripture? He would constantly, he kept giving uh, confirmation after confirmation after uh, prophecy after prophecy. God kept speaking to him, kept reassuring this Gideon. Do you know why? Because he had gone through a traumatic history. And, and, you know, you and I, we may think that, you know, the, the way that God should fix that is by, you know, he, you know, bringing everything back, restoring everything. No, the way that God fixes our trauma is by giving us his voice. The, God, the way that God fixes your brokenness. Now, I'm not denying your brokenness. I'm not denying that you had a very bad upbringing. I'm not denying that you, 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 your, your, your finances, it, it, it went for, a, 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 you know, a chaos and everything went out of the window and, and that you, you're experiencing challenges. I'm not denying all the emotional and the mental challenges that you're going through. But the solution to all of that is the voice of God. The solution to every single emotional, mental, traumatic experience that you've gone through or you are currently going through is to come back to understanding what is God speaking. To understand, to receive the reassurance from His presence. No man, no, 
no, even, even Gideon's own father or his family members, if they would have said, no, 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 it's okay. Don't worry, we still have you. Nothing that they would have said could have ever comforted Gideon. Gideon needed to hear from God. If you and I are in a place where we can still hear the Lord speaking to us, if we can still hear the Lord trying to assure us, when we attend a worship session, what do we do? We just say, oh, nice, I, I, this is my favorite song. I like this tune. We just sing and, you know, we just have a nice time. No, this is an opportunity for us to hear from the Lord. These guys, they, they, some of them, most of them, they ignored the prophet. But this is a time when we give more attention and we listen more intently and say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to speak to me? What, what is the, what is, how can what you're speaking to me right now in worship uh, minister to the trauma inside of me? Minister to the pain of losing my brothers. All of them who looked so glorious, who looked so royal. The enemy took them all out one by one by one right in front of me. And I'm the only one left. I'm the least of all of them. And I, I'm the only one that is left. All my brothers they looked more handsome, they had more capabilities, they could fight the wars, they, they, they were high up there. The enemy took all of them, and here I am, the only one that is left. The Lord is speaking to you today. Wherever you are, I, I just want you to just hear what the Lord is speaking to you, okay? I want you to bring your trauma from 2021. I don't want you to carry the baggage of 2021 into 2022. The next year, you, you have to live free of every weight that hindered you, that slowed you down. Do you want to hear what the Lord is saying over your life? When you're hiding, when you're struggling, when you're failing, when you are, when you've lost all hope, when you've lost all, you know, answers, solutions, do you know what the Lord is speaking to you? He says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. A man of valor, a man of great valor. What is God saying? He is with you. The Lord is with you. He is reassuring you. He, more, than, more than telling you what, what you will do and how you will overcome, the Lord is just telling you He is with you. All that you need to hear this morning, this evening, is that His presence is with you. Will you believe that? We have the choice to say, oh, our God is with me. I, I sing this in songs, all the songs. I, I know this is information. Or you, you have the choice to take it as a revelation and say, okay, Lord, I, I believe this. I'm going to stand on this. This is, a, this is something that I'm going to stand on. That You will never leave me. And you will never forsake me. I, I am not an orphan. I am not abandoned. I am going to stand on this word for this entire year. That I am not an orphan. In Jesus' name. The Lord is calling some of you heroes and heroines. You know, if I can use that word. Mighty man. Mighty woman of valor. Mighty man. Mighty woman of valor. I am with you. The Lord is with you. This year, it'll be easy, it'll be, it'll be, you know, bearable when you stand on this promise that God is with you. This year, 
you will be able to remain diligent if you really believe that the Lord is with you. This year, you will fight the entire Midianite horde. You know, you, you read the context. The context is that there were so many camels that couldn't be counted. It felt like a mighty army of locusts is coming and just enveloping the whole ground. And you will be able to take that entire army as one man. You remember the promise? As one man. Like if you have the strength to wrestle one man. If you have the strength to wrestle one man. See, I, I tell you this. I, if you ask me what is my assurance that I have the strength to wrestle one man. It's a fact, fact that God is with me. Because God says that I am a hero. And I believe that. I, I just want to believe that. I mean, like, you know, of course I don't have the apps that everybody else has. I don't have the bank and bank balance that the other person has. I don't have the family backing that that person has. I don't have the backing of my company like that. No, I don't have all of those things. But I know that the Lord is with me. Yes. And if God is with me and He believes in me, then I can take down that one person. Yes. I believe that I can fight that one man. I believe that I can take down that one man. You know, some, sometimes we, 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 you know, because of our trauma, we, we doubt. Because of our trauma, we, we don't want to take that next step. And that's what, it's, that's what happened to Gideon. Let's, let's read on. Gideon replied, Sir, if the Lord is with us, why have all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Now what he's saying is true. What he's saying is true. You know, pastors, they will, they, they, they know how to spiritualize everything and say, okay, wait, wait, no, no, no. Don't believe that. That's not true. God is... But it is true that God had abandoned them. We read that in the context, right? Yeah. It is true that God had pushed them out of where they were supposed to be. Now... God had given a personal word for Gideon. What is the word? Now Gideon, the Lord is speaking to you now that I am with you. Now, this is two realities that you have to believe and understand together. Yes, do I have these struggles? Yes, I have. But at the same time, God is calling me a mighty hero. And the Lord is saying that he is with me. The Lord is declaring his love for me, his his presence in my life, His promises, His provision in my life. That these two realities sometimes may go hand in hand. And sometimes I may end up questioning God's love for me because I, I see the other side where God has handed me over to the enemy. But the truth of the matter is this. When God abandoned, God abandoned the entire nation. But when the promise came, it came specifically to one man. God didn't give the promise to the entire nation saying, I'm going to come back to all of you. The promise came to just one man, Gideon. Out of all the people, we'll see why it came to Gideon. But out of everybody in Israel, there was one man that God found who was doing his work diligently. When everybody else, they, they said, okay, there's no point of working. What's the point of working? You, you know the context, right? Any time there will be any produce there, the enemy will come and steal. 
When the enemy does that 10 times, do you think that he will go back to work the next day? Let me ask you this. I'll, I'll just give you a simple example. You've been working in the company for 11 months of the year and you didn't get paid. Do you think you will go back to work on in the month of December? Why? Because you see there is no fruit. You see that there is no results. You see that there is no answers coming in this place. You see that anything that I'm, every, all my work, the enemy is taking it away. It is, he's stealing it away. But the, 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 the Bible says, the hand of the diligent, what will they do? Come on, you forgot the verse already. Proverbs 12 verse 24, the hand of the diligent. One more time, the hand of the diligent will rule. And here we see a man who is diligent to, to do his job at pressing the wine press or, or, no, or, or crushing the grains in the time when the enemy is stealing everything that they are doing. When the enemy is not allowing a single thing that they are doing to actually benefit them. Here is a man who is still not given up. Man, find me a man like that in our church. And I'll tell you who will be the next revivalist in our generation. Find me a woman like that in our church, in this city. And I will tell you who will take this nation by, by the hand of God. Find me one man or one woman like that. I'm not looking for hundreds of people. But I'm looking for one man or one woman who is willing to be diligent. Who is willing to do a, a, a hard work knowing the fact that this hard work may not go into his pocket. But he's willing to be diligent. He's willing to hear the voice of God. He's willing to remain submissive. He is willing to do his part in spite of knowing that the enemy is constantly stealing from this. The, the word of the Lord came to Gideon and said, you are the mighty hero. I, I can understand. I, 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 I would, you know, I would have said, if, if I had reasons to believe that Gideon was a prayer warrior and that he was a worship leader in the church and that he was a, you know, a great, uh, you know, uh, like guitarist like David and all, I can understand that God would come in. But you know what he was? He was just a diligent hard worker. That's all that he was. And God pointed to him and said, okay, you're the man that I want to use for the next revival of Israel. I know that you're not skilled in battle. I know that you're not used to being in politics. I know that business may not be or may not come naturally to you. <clears throat> I know that you are not trained in a Bible college. But when I look at you, I see a mighty hero. When I look at you, I see that you are a woman of valor. And I'm promising you that I will be with you. And just the fact that I'm, I'm willing to be with you this entire year, that is enough for you to now turn from being a diligent worker to now become, to reach a place where you have dominion over the environment. Because the Bible says the hand of the diligent with the same hands that you used Gideon to crush those grapes or to, 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 to separate those grains in hiding. Nobody saw this. 
Nobody understood why you are doing this. Nobody witnesses. Nobody celebrated you. Nobody said, oh, what a great guy that he's doing. Nobody celebrated your diligence. But you were still willing to do your diligent work. And the Lord is saying, those same hands, Gideon, you are not going to rule with those same hands. You're not going to reign with those same hands. You're not going to have victory with the exact same hands. Come on, say it after me. The hands of the diligent will rule. This year, the hand of the diligent will rule. We'll have dominion. Oh, we'll have victory. We'll have authority. Yeah, nothing is going to be impossible with your hands. Amen. But I, I didn't want to excite you by just telling you where the Lord is taking you. I wanted to tell you the process. This is the process. The process is not very exciting. The process is very hard. The process requires your nice uh, lotioned hands to become hard. You know, become reach a place where it is rough, where there are scars on those hands. That's the sign of a diligent hand. The sign of a hand that will not give up in spite of what the enemy is doing. He's continuing to do what God has told him to, what God has entrusted into his hands. He knew this land is, is given to me by my fathers. Who, and, and God has given this land to, to us and we will see the hand of God. We will see victory. We will see the, 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 the promises of God, the fruit that the Lord has given us. We will see it. And he kept on believing and he kept on trusting. Trust me, this is not, a, this is not something that I ever saw it from this light. It, it is only, only this season when I was preparing for the next year, the Lord just opened this up to me. Because all through my life, I don't know if you've heard any other, if you've heard me also preach that Gideon was a man of no faith. <laughs> that Gideon was a man who had no uh, courage. That Gideon was hiding. And God speaks to him, you are a man of... But now that I see this, God is just opening up and saying, no, he was a diligent worker. In spite of the fact that his, his stuff was being stolen, in spite of the fact that there was nobody appreciating it, he kept on doing what he was called to do. He knew this is his calling and he stuck to being faithful in his calling. You want to have dominion over the nation of India? Who said yes? Come on. Who wants to have dominion in India? <clears throat> who wants to have dominion in the financial realm of India? Who wants to have dominion in the political realm of India that your voice will, will carry a, a, a voice in the politics of India? Who wants to have dominion in the, in the, uh, the marketplace of our nation, in the business and the agriculture and the architecture of our nation? Who wants to have dominion there? Do you know what you need to do? Make sure that your kitchen and your toilets are clean. Yeah, whatever is your current responsibility. If your current responsibility is that you do this regularly, then you just be intentional to do that. You just be faithful. Your diligent hands are going to rule. You're preparing your diligent hands. When, when you look at the work you're doing today, you may feel like this is not important. That this is not creating the impact. But you have no idea what you're setting yourself up for. Your diligence in doing these things 
that are ordinary that that may not look important enough these hands are preparing to rule are you i are, are you are you excited to read on the bible says then the lord <laughs> turned to him and said go with the strength that you have and do what and rescue israel from the midianites i am sending you wait a minute he didn't say that a new strength is going to come upon you he didn't say that wait now there is going to be a supernatural boom you know action no he said that there is a strength that you have what was his strength diligence and god is speaking to him and saying go in the strength that you you i i know what you've been doing till now gideon i know what you've been diligent in doing i i know where you've been faithful go in the strength that you have what you're doing right now you're in your ordinary mundane routines or callings that the lord has given you your that is the strength that the lord is going to use to take down an entire army the lord is saying all that he is assuring gideon is that i am going to go with you that's all that he's saying but the victory will be on in this strength he's saying go with the strength that you have and you rescue the is the nation of israel from the midianites with what strength with the strength that you have with the strength that you already possess right now gideon's reply but lord verse 15 how can how can i rescue israel my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of manasseh and i am the i am the least in my entire family why because all the other ones that look like the sons of king they they are all dead they are all gone they've they, they all the strengths all the plus points have been stolen from his family now he is the weakest that is available the the least of the family is here and he he's asking god how is this going to happen how is this going to work out how, how 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 it doesn't make sense god how will you do this verse 16 but the lord said to him what did the lord say to him what was god's assurance do, do you see the lord is repeating to him again and again and again what is the first thing god told him god said hey you're a hero i am with you go then god told him hey don't worry go in the strength that you have okay let's go back to verse 12 the angel of the lord appeared to him and said mighty hero the lord is with you now let's read verse 14 Then the Lord turned to him and said, "Go with the strength that you have, rescue Israel and the Midianites." Why? Because I am sending you. Then verse 16. Again the Lord is saying, "Hey, guess what? I will be with you." He's again and again assuring his presence and his promises. God is not giving him new information. These are things that Gideon knew. but god is just kept god kept on reminding him every time you know sometimes it may sound like cliche when when 
uh, when the pastor says, don't worry, God is with you. But Gideon didn't get bored of hearing the same prophetic word again and again and again. The first prophet came and said, the Lord is with you. The second prophet also is saying, the Lord is, come on God, give me more specific details like which direction it'll come from, uh, the bank account that I have to use, the, the property that I have to sell. No, no detail. God is just saying, I am with you. Will you believe when God says that I am with you and I will be with you, that I will stand by your side? Will you believe it? Because the Lord is saying, I will be with you and how will you destroy the Ammonites? How will you destroy the Midianites? As if you were fighting against one man. So this Sunday, you know, I, I was very surprised when God told me to ask you that question. Are you ready to fight one man? Do you have it in you to wrestle one man? And truth be told, I, I was planning to go into a different direction from, from Proverbs chapter 12. I, I, I didn't plan to come back to the scripture. But I believe that this is, this is the word God is giving us for this year. The Lord is promising us that, hey, if you, ha- if you are going to muster up the courage to fight the first man, because if, if you cannot fight the first man, if you cannot do the, the, the job of starting this battle, then this battle will forever remain defeated. But if you can go on the offense, and pick up the fight. If you can start this battle. You know, so many of us, we are waiting for the enemy to come and, and, and so that we can finally defend ourselves using the... No. Why don't you offend him this season? Why don't you start the battle? Why don't you say, hey, I, I, I know how much strength I have. It may be the strength to pray for 15 minutes a day. I know how much money I have. I know how much... English I know I know how much of Bible I know I, I know how I know my strength I know the diligence that has brought me so far now I am ready I am willing to go and pick up my battle and fight I'm not going to wait here hoping the enemy will come to attack me so I can protect God's people no I'm getting on the offensive now I'm going to stand up and I am going to go fight the enemy amen Okay, let's, let's read on. The Bible says in verse 17, Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. So I'm going to bring my alabaster jar for you. I'm going to bring what is going to cost me something into your presence. And... I want you to stay there. And this is what God did. He answered, I will stay here until you return. What did Gideon do? He, Gideon, he hurried back home. He cooked a young goat with a basket of flour and he baked some uh, bread without yeast. The Bible says the angel waited when Gideon prepared this lavish meal. It was, a, it was not something that one man could have finished. Like, you know how much one person can eat. But look at how much he is cooking. He says that he cooked a young goat. It's not like one chicken, one kg. No, like, you know the Indian chickens, it'll be like 1.1 kg. That also three people can eat. But he is not just cooking a chicken. He is cooking a young goat with a basket of flour. How many, how many, 
how many cups of flour do you need if you want to make you know 10 chapatis you know for sure you don't need a basket come on any woman that cook in this church please acknowledge three cups three cups for a meal right here this man he is taking an entire basket of flour now you should understand how hard is food in these days you remember the context what is the context the context is that they were pushed to starvation there was no food you know you, you may wonder okay what's the big deal about him giving a basket you know probably they had no it was not in a time of plenty that they gave the basket it's easy to give a basket of flour or to give one young goat who can reproduce who can do so much who can give you milk all of the, it's easy to give that when you have plenty i know i know many of us we are waiting for their plenty to come so that we can give to the lord but god is asking you right now when you don't have time can you give me some time when you're busy when when you are struggling to keep your eyes open can you pray when when you don't feel like you know when when you're actually starving you don't have enough money to pay all your bills can you put an offering at that time when you don't have enough and that's what Gideon did you should understand angel didn't tell him to do this this was a man who understood diligence this is a man who said wait a minute i i can't walk away from this promises from these blessings without doing anything to respond to these blessings i need to do something about it i need to i need to push because this man he was willing to give a basket of flour when his entire family was starving when they didn't have enough to go to the next season he was willing to bake an entire this is not at the time of fridge right so if the if the whole food goes wasted come on now you hearing what i'm trying to tell you he's not thinking he's not having secondary plans saying okay let's cook whatever remains i my family can no if these guys if this guy doesn't finish the whole thing then that's it that food is technically wasted but he gideon a man of diligence he prepared an offering because he was about to please the lord the bible says then carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was still there under the great tree the angel of god said to him place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it and gideon did as he was told then the angel of the lord he touched the meat and the bread with the tip of the staff in his hand and what happened and the bible says and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all that he had brought and the angel of the lord just disappeared you know what is crazy fire didn't come from heaven where did the fire come from usually in other stories that we read about fire coming it would like the other story is uh elijah manoah and his wife samson's parents all of them fire came from heaven but here fire didn't come from up fire came from where he placed this offering fire came 
from where where the angel asked him to plant his seed his food you are here tonight you're in this house this may be a physical building but you've you've come into this house and you're believing to give your offering to the lord in your hours in your resources everything you've you're believing to give it to the lord but there is a fire that is on this house now in the natural there is the rock doesn't look like a carrier of fire but when the angel he touched with the tip of his staff he touched the offering with a tip it was not like a bash or you know something something you know out of the ordinary just a tiny touch like if if Gideon was not paying attention he would not even have known that this happened if Gideon was not diligent enough to pick this up he would have said nothing i don't know where it came from i don't know how this but Gideon was paying attention to see that tiny tip touch the food and as soon as the, the there was that contact made the bible says that fire came out of the rock that it was placed on and it consumed the offering it says in verse 22 when when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the lord till now he thought that this is an ordinary guy that's why he was debating with him all of a sudden when the fire came when the touch came when the transformation came that's when he realized man this is not an ordinary person i'm talking to it is the angel of the lord he says when gideon finally realized that this was not a normal conversation this is not another bible study that we are having in church this is not like one of those series that we are learning in church no this is not an ordinary word when gideon realized that it was the angel of the lord he cried out saying oh sovereign lord for I am doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Oprah in the land of the clan of Abiezer to this day. Do you see what transpired here? The story begins by saying a prophet was sent into this town to go and prophesy to the entire town, entire city, entire nation. Okay, let's, let's go back to that verse. Okay, it says, Judges chapter 6 verse 11. It says, then, do you see that word then? It says, then the angel of the Lord. Okay. Now, I want you to understand this. The previous verses says, when they cried out to the Lord, God sent a prophet to the land. Okay, to go and tell everybody this word. But then the next verse is, then the angel of the Lord came to the house of Joash, which almost makes it look like it's the same person. It's the same guy who was prophesying before then he came down to Joash's house to give a word to Gideon. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Don't get lost in the details, but I, I want you to catch the heart of what I'm trying to share. There's the same voice or the answer or the solution that God sent as a prophetic word for the nation. The whole nation saw this man as a prophet. Okay? But suddenly... There was a diligent man. 
there was a man who was willing to stay consistent stay persistent to this diligent man he was not just a prophet to this diligent man this became the angel of the lord but then diligence is is shown in his spiritual intelligence because what he did is he didn't just say oh wow thank you for this word from the lord i will pray and i'll get back to you you know that's what he said he said no no stay here let me bring an offering let me worship i just i i cannot receive a word from god i i, I you know it's very if if i was in if i had to interview gideon on my podcast i would ask him what what did the angel say that 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 you know that you were so excited by because the angel just said the same thing that he's been telling everybody the lord is with you the lord is with you the lord is what what is this word that you are so impressed by that now you want to you know bring such a massive offering to this angel you know what did this it is just an ordinary word no but his spiritual intelligence demanded that he will not he will not just you know let go of this ordinary word with a okay thank you angel he brought an offering and what happened immediately after the offering is this now i want you to read the next verse are you ready for the next verse verse 23 verse 23 all of a sudden it's no longer the angel of the lord guys are you seeing the transition we are not seeing three different people in this place it's the same person for the nation it was a prophet for a diligent man it was an angel but for a worshipper he was the lord himself i so many of us we walk out of experiencing an encounter with god because we think ah just another one of those prophets what's the big deal what is there's nothing new in this like i have been you know from moses ka zamane se we've been hearing this what's the big deal but there was one diligent man who was faithful in doing what he was supposed to be doing but for him this 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 was the angel of the lord now he's getting personal assurances his trauma is being healed all the pain and the struggle and the suffering that is being healed but then he 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 said no 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 i i cannot walk out of this place just 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 healed now i i need to give back my everything at the risk of my children going to bed tonight hungry i need to give it all to the lord and 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 he did that and immediately it is no longer the angel of the lord there are so many angels who has appeared in the bible in the past and nobody died because of an angel visitation but what was gideon's fear oh my god i saw the angel of the lord face to face this is not the regular encounter that everybody else has this is a face to face encounter this is so massive that i can get killed in the process that is in response to gideon's worship there is a worship that we can give to the lord tonight that can cause ourselves to die that can cause our old man 
to be buried that can cause our our struggles our failures our sicknesses our everything that we are holding on to it, it can kill that 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 person there is an encounter that is waiting for us tonight you should understand it's 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 not in the fire it was not even the fire he was the man who was giving him the reassurances who turned to become the voice who who turned to become the lord himself now it is no longer the angel speaking to him see when the woman at the well when she was speaking to jesus her revelation of jesus constantly increased when he first came she said oh wait jews don't allow samaritans to you know serve them a talk to them or to give them a, a drink i see that you are a jew her first revelation of him was that he was a jew then she realized wait, wait you're not not just a jew you are a prophet yeah but it didn't finish with that in some time he, she realized that wait, wait wait i'm not just talking to any ordinary prophet i just had an encounter with the messiah himself you know when did that happen when did that revelation shift from prophet to messiah worship they had a conversation about worship she had a revelation of what true worship is she just had a revelation of what true worship was and immediately her revelation shifted from him being a prophet <laughs> to the fact that now he is the messiah wow there there can be a worship that can change your revelation elevate your revelation from 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 seeing somebody as a prophet from seeing a prophetic word over your life from receiving just an answer and assurance and instruction from god you can be elevated from there to a place where you have an angelic presence but there is a worship that you can you can experience tonight that you can give to the lord tonight where that angelic presence that angelic encounter will become an encounter with the face of god can i just quickly rewind what the lord spoke tonight what did god speak it was god who had handed the israelites into the hands of the midianites god had given them over because of their failures but even in the midst of their failures when they cried out to the lord the lord was there to help them and what was the help that god gave them god gave them a voice god sent them a prophet what did the prophet do he came and made them feel a little more bad exposed their failures told them where they lack but there was one man who was diligent one man who didn't give up doing what he was called to do what was entrusted into his hands even in the midst of this chaos the bible says to that one man this prophet came to him as the angel of the lord and said the lord is with you you are a mighty hero i know you are the last one left in your family i know you're the this is the last straw in your finances this is the last option that you have right now 
But the Lord is saying, you are the mighty hero. Because I am going to be with you. And then in the conversation, he received an assignment from the Lord. The assignment was, now you go in the strength that you have. You have a strength. You have an ability. You have developed a stamina in your spirit. And the Lord is saying, now go in this strength that you have. And with this strength, you are going to bring the Israelites out of the hand of Midianites. Then God told him, this is going to be conditional. If you are able to take down one man, then you will be able to take down the entire army. So what God was essentially telling him is that you have to make the first strike. You have to be the first person. You can check the story, okay? It's not like the, the, the enemy came to invade, nothing. The enemy was doing their thing and the Gideon and his, and his 300, they went into the enemy's camp. And they were the first ones to strike. They were the first ones to you raise their voice and raise their, use those diligent hands. And the Bible says God gave them victory. Amen. But then the beauty is that when God assured him of his promises, so the Lord is asking you to go back and study those promises, receive those instructions for the year ahead. Those that will stand on that promise, those that will pray, and those that will praise in this season. And this is what Gideon did that impressed me so much. He said, I want to worship. And when he worshipped, that revelation of who was a prophet who had become an angel turned into the Lord. And the Bible says, then Gideon gave a name to their encounter. What was their encounter named? Jehovah Shalom. That encounter now had a name and the Bible says to this day, if you go to the tribe of Manasseh in the land that is in the family of Abiezer, you will still find that name that is given to that encounter that Gideon had with God. Yahweh Shalom. The Lord who gives me peace. Now I have a question to ask you Gideon. Did you get peace? Did the nation, is the nation at peace? See, I can understand if Gideon says, wow, Look at how God used me to bring the whole Midianites to the feet by just 300 people. Now I will, I will give a name and I, I'll make a, make a public declaration saying the Lord is peace. No, it happened before he received the victory. The, the name was given to their encounter, not to the victory that God will give them. So tonight the Lord is going to give you a revelation and you need to give a name to that revelation. When God gave a baby to Joseph and Mary, it was up to them to give a name to that baby. And God told them, you have to name him Jesus. You have to call him a particular name. Whatever name you call that baby, it will stick to that baby and it will stay for the rest of their life. So tonight, whatever is happening here, you need to give it a name. Each of you have to give it a name. Each of you need to go out of this place not just with an encounter with God, but you need to 
give that a name you need to put that in writing and you need to say this is what god did for me and the bible says to this day to th- can you imagine how big of a fool gideon will look like if gideon named the place yahweh shalom and the nation did not get peace and the, and things turned out that gideon's 300 didn't win the war he would have looked like a fool but it was okay Gideon did not name the victory as Yahweh Shalom. Gideon named that encounter that he had with God. He gave it by faith. He gave it a name that that his nation needed. See, peace is not something that he personally peace is something that his entire nation needed. But he prophetically he gave a name to that encounter that he had with God. So tonight some of you need to name your encounter as your point of deliverance. Some of you need to name your encounter as your point of elevation financially probably. Some of you need to name this encounter that you're getting tonight with a name that is going to show up for the rest of this year. That is why I'm just giving you the principle of diligence. What you do with that diligence, what you birth with that diligence, the names that you birth with that diligence is in your hands. You can decide what you're going to do in 2022 i'm not going to decide i'm teaching you the principle the principle is diligence but what revelation you will birth with that diligence is in your hands the bigger your dream the bigger your name the greater will be your accomplishment in 2022